Well, thank you, team. Take your Bible this morning and go to the 91st Psalm. We're preaching these four Sundays through Psalm 91. Today our text is verses 5 through 10, but we'll stand in a moment and read all 16 verses out loud together as we'll do for this month and practice reading the Word of God out loud. Again, young people, uh, old people, middle-aged people, all people, thank you for being in the choir today. Amen. Good job. Let them know again you're grateful to God uh, for multi-gen choir, uh, all they do on Wednesday night, and we're thankful, thankful, thankful uh, for them, for John and Caitlin, all of these that are leading. Now, you've got your Bible, Psalm 91. I'm going to ask you to rise, and as you stand, I'll begin, and you follow along, read out loud with me as we look together at the Word of the Lord on this day. We'll let these young people kind of slide out before we uh, begin. All right. Good, good. Nobody falling. Take your time. You're good, Caitlin. Great. You can pack a lot of little people in there. <laughs> so uh, that's good. Amen. What a great day that this is. All right. Moses writes Psalm 91. I'll begin and you follow with me and let's read out loud Psalm 91 and verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Father, thank you for your word, for the promises in it. And I pray now that you would cause it to lodge deep in our heart. And give us direction that we might indeed fear not. Give us faith this day. Save our lost friends, add to this church, and bolster us in our faith, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and be seated. Moses, we believe, wrote Psalm 91 
Verses 5 through 10 is our text today, and we look in verse 5 where he says, you will not be afraid. Hmm. What are you afraid of? Snakes? Uh, Dead ones are the best. Spiders? We have a pet spider at our house. He's been with us six weeks now. His name is Sid. Uh, We feed him, but we don't touch him. Uh, We throw bugs into his web that's about this big. Uh, He's moved once down the house. Uh, The rain can't get him, uh, but we don't touch him. We just feed him and watch him because we really don't like him. (laughs) What are you fearful of? Many people fearful of man, fear of failure, fear of rejection. It comes in a multitude of hues, colors, slices, and looks. Fear can be tough. Moses said, you'll not be afraid. We don't know the context of Moses' fear. But we can guess as we look through his life. Maybe it was in Numbers 21 in verses 33 and 34 where God had him coming against Og, O-G, Og, king of Bashan. And they turned and went up that way of Bashan and Og, the king of Bashan, and went out with all his people uh, for this battle. Uh, But the Lord said to Moses, do not fear him. I've given him into your hand. And he goes on in that next verse and tells him, just just don't be afraid. So maybe it was the king of Bashan, or maybe it's Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 29 where he says to him, Moses, don't be shocked nor fear them. The context of verse 29 is the Anakim. The Anakim were the relations of the giants of the Goliath. Don't fear them. Do you know that fear always enlarges your enemy? It will make it seem even larger than it is. Maybe it was Og. Maybe it was Anakin. Maybe it was Deuteronomy 20 and verse 3 when he had sent him to take over the Canaanite cities. And he said, he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, you're approaching the battle against your enemies today. Do not be faint-hearted. Do not be afraid or panic or tremble before them. Don't fear. Don't fear. But rather make the Most High God your dwelling place and learn to fear. Fear the Lord. We take different actions when fear grips us. Sometimes in the flesh we fight. Hmm, I'll deal with it. Sometimes in the flesh we flee. I'm out of here. Sometimes in the flesh we freeze. We don't know left, right, up, or down. Fear 
attacks all of us in different ways, some to paralyze us, some that we uh, try to strike out, some we run, we don't know what to do. But this morning, I want to talk about how to build a faith that fears the Lord. Now, there's two or three things I want you to see. The first couple, I just want to give them to you. But number three, I want to camp out for just a few minutes uh, this morning. Number one, out of this text, I want you to see, first of all, the problems. When fear comes, the problems are real. Because it's not some figment of your imagination. Moses says, don't be afraid of the terror at night. The arrow flies by day. The pestilence is darkness. The destruction it lays waste at noon. Sometimes you see a thousand will fall, but you had 10,000 at your right hand. He's saying, don't, don't ignore it. It's not like problems are not real. We do have issues in our life. I mean, people really die. Difficulty really comes. People really confront you if you stand for God. The problems are real pestilence, sometimes in the daylight, other times at midnight. Sometimes that scares us, we see in the day and other times at night when you look under the bed. Problems are real. Secondly, the power of God will be made manifest. Notice what he said in verse 8. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Now, you listen this morning. You may not ever even see it in your life, but I'm here to tell you that the wicked will get their due. God will bring justice every time. In Psalm 37, verse 34, we read the psalmist David when he says, Wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you. To inherit the land when the wicked are cut off and you will see it. There comes a day when the wicked are dealt with the recompense. You will see it with your eyes. You don't always see it immediately. Sometimes it's long term. But I'm here to tell you that God deals with the wicked. The power of God will be made manifest even in the problem. But thirdly, and this is where I want you to hang with me for a few minutes today and Then I want to give a gospel invitation. I'm going to invite you in that balcony, in these side seats and on the ground floor. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I'm going to invite you to come today. You never joined this church, I'm going to invite you to come today. You need to come with a burden, you lay it on the altar, I'm going to invite you to come today. I want you to come. You may have one of these real problems and you need to lay it before the Lord, then then come. You're here without Christ and and you know that you're not saved. And if eternity knocked at your heart's door today, Death would answer rather than eternal life. Then today, open your life unto God and let him save you. Some of you looking for a church home, come and, and, and be a part. I want to show you the process of building faith that fears God. Now, look at it right here in verse number 9. He, he says, do not be afraid. For, verse 9, for you have made, there's the process, you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. You've made Him the dwelling place. You, you've run to Him. you found refuge in God. You, you go to Him. But to make speaks of a process. There is a step and a step and a step and, and more steps that, that come. And so this faith is built. It's a process. And some of you have never taken the first step. The first step is when you say, Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, save me. Jesus, come take me. 
Lord, I give you my life. That's step number one. You've drawn a line. You stepped across. You said, Lord, King of kings, Lord of lords. Last Sunday in the invitation, the first service, young man came and stood right here. And as I took his hand, I asked him, if you come this morning, I'll ask you this question. Why have you come? And he looked at me and he said, I give up. I said, sir, he said, I, I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready right now. I give, I give my all to Christ. I'm ready to do it. And I invited one of our encouragers to come. They went out with him. He gave his heart and life to Christ, hoped to baptize him next week uh, as he came. So that was his first step. Some of you need to take the first step this morning. The very first step is coming to Christ. You need to step, walk down, come here, say yes unto the Lord. Take that first step. It's salvation. It's surrender. Begin today. Don't let another day go by. Do it now. Today's the day of salvation. Now is the time. So you take the first step. But after the first step, you then begin to build spiritual muscle. And as you build spiritual muscle, uh, you have some exercises, some disciplines. Every now and then I'll be in a store, see somebody maybe in the airport or whatever. And, and I mean, they, you tell, I mean, they've been in the weight room. And, and you know, they got that shirt tight. And, uh, I mean, they're ripped. And so we get to conversation, I'll look at them. And my byline of them, I'll, I'll just ask them. So I said, did you work out today or did you just mess around? And they always laugh and they kind of embarrass a, a little bit. Nobody's hit me yet, so that's good. But I... Uh, but I can tell that it ain't gets that way just by eating Doritos, you understand. <laughs> There's a process to that. And it's a daily process. And there's a discipline. That's, I want to show you five disciplines that, that will build a faith that fears God. I want to take them all out of the pen and all out of the mouth of Moses, all out of the book of Deuteronomy, as Moses is giving the second reading of the law. Five things, five steps in this process of building a faith that fears God. So let's look at it. Over in Deuteronomy chapter 10 is the first one. Deuteronomy 10 verses 12 and 13. You must understand the requirement. Understand this requirement. Look, look at it in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 where they're saying, Now Israel, what does the Lord God require from you? He's asking a question but to fear the Lord. There it is. That's the requirement. You fear God to walk in all his ways, love him, serve the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes when I'm commanding you today for your good. So you understand the requirement. You don't go halfway. You don't say 75%. You love God with all of your heart all of your soul he's everything to you you're sold out he's lord you've heard it from this pulpit again and again and again i've said if he's not lord of all he's not lord at all he's lord of all that's the requirement if you're going to build a faith that fears the lord you must understand this requirement of loving god fearing him with all your soul requirement number two found in Deuteronomy 14 in verse 23, and that is to tithe your income. Look at Deuteronomy 14 in verse 23. 
You shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God at the place where he chooses to establish his name. The tithe of your grain, your new wine, your oil, the firstborn of your herd and your flock in order that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. You don't give first and foremost to promote the kingdom. You don't give first and foremost to bless the church. You give first and foremost to learn how to fear the Lord God. Because everything you've got is His, and you bring it before Him, and you say, Lord, here I begin with this tithe, and I, I bring it back to you, and your goodness, and your faith. And if you learn to tithe, you'll learn to fear the Lord. It's one of the steps. And you say, it's not really mine. Everything I have is of God, and so I, I bring it back to Him. You know, if you're one of these children up here in the choir, you teach these kids to give a tithe when they're 8, 9, 10. They'd learn. They'd, it'll be habitual all through their life. It, it's easy. You wait till you're 47 to start. And you're already spending 110% of what you make. Then given a tenth, man, you got to put the brakes on and turn. You ought to begin early. Tithe every dime you ever made. Begin there. And when God gets you in a place where you can do more, he'll give you opportunity to do more, to give you direction to do more. But you see, what, what tithing does, it, you fear God even with your income. You learn to fear the Lord. I'm not talking about being scared of God. Fear is worship. Fear is coming before him. Understand the requirement. Number two, tithe your income. Number three, read God's word. Deuteronomy 17 and verse 19. Hear the word of the Lord. It shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn to what? Fear the Lord his God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes. Amen. Read the word. You ought to have a plan of how you read the word every day. I'm reading through the Bible again this year from Genesis uh, through all the way to the Revelation. Read part New Testament, then some old New Testament, and old back and forth. I have a plan that lays that out. You, you may read just through the New Testament three or four times one year. You may just read Proverbs over and over and over. That's where I am right now. I'm in Proverbs. But you read the Word of God. And the more you read, the greater it'll bring you to the altar of throwing your all at God's feet, and you'll learn to fear the Lord your God. Liz and I have some dear friends that are walking in, in a very difficult hour in, in their life and in their ministry. And I said to Liz a couple of days ago, I said, let's, let's call and pray for them and see, you know, okay, so we got that on the list. And yesterday morning we called and got on the speaker phones and, and asked if we could just pray. And so we did. And just before we prayed, Liz told them, said, uh, I've been praying this for you and reading about Jehoshaphat out of the Old Testament and, and shared uh, what God had taught her and how she had prayed. And, and our friend on the other end of the phone said, my goodness, our Monday meeting that's going to be the crux of this issue, that's the very text that I'm going to use in this meeting. And he said to us, he said, isn't it amazing when you read the Bible that it's even more relevant than the local newspaper that you pick up every day? That the Word of God will come 
like a lightning bolt, like a sword to your soul. And it will teach you to fear the Lord. That's why you ought to read the Bible every day. Just think if we read the Word of God half as much as we picked up our cell phone. And just droll and stroll and scroll and... You know it's truth if it's on that screen. Lord help us. The Word of God. Know the requirement. Tithe your income. Read God's Word. Number four, fourth exercise to build a faith that fears the Lord is honor God's name. Honor God's name. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 58. We read this. 28. 58, if you're not careful to observe all the words of this, of the words of this law which are written in this book, to fear this honored and awesome name, the Lord your God. You honor his name. You stand for that name. When that name is dragged through the mud, you stand for it. You don't bring shame to his name. You bring fame to his name. You bring a claim to that name. You honor the name of the Lord. Let me tell you, friend, when you begin to stand for the name of King Jesus, you'll learn to have a faith that fears God. You, you stand for that name. It doesn't mean you're arrogant or belligerent, but it does mean... Well, you wouldn't let them talk about your mother like that. They run that name through the mud. You take your family out to eat in public, bow your head, name the name. Amen. We'll do that for show you to honor the name of the Lord. It gets you in trouble sometimes. But you name his name. You honor his name. And when you learn to honor his name, it'll teach you to have a faith that fears the Lord. Amen. Honor God's name. And then number five. Not only you understand the requirement, tithe your income, read God's word, honor his name, but assemble with God's people. Deuteronomy 31, verse 12. Assemble the people. The men and women and children and the alien who is in your town in order that they may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God and be careful to observe all the words of this law. Their children who have not known will hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. Assemble with God's people. Friend, you, you ought to join the church. You, you ought to be a part of the church. You ought to put your life in a church, and then you ought to assemble with the church. Thank God for those that are online with us today. Some can't come. Some it's very difficult to come. Some have health issues. I understand all of that. Thank God we can reach through it all. Aren't you grateful for Bobby Taylor and his team that lead us so we can take that stuff out of here and have it online? They, they got it on more channels and stuff. I never even heard a half of what they're doing. Roku and YooHoo and Lahoo and what do you do and how do you do? I, I'm just, it's everywhere. 
And the word goes out. Thank God for that. But I'm telling you, there's something about coming to the house of God that'll bless your soul. As you come face to face and assemble with God's people when you can. Now, church, let me speak to you. There are people who feel more comfortable wearing a mask. Don't you say anything? Goes, that's good. Amen. If they want to come that way, they, they do it. I've, I've been grateful to God. I've, I've had some people I wish I could put a mask on for a long time. Uh, and if they feel more comfortable that way, it's okay. I mean, uh, people come with all kinds of issues as, as we come to church. It's, it's, what I'm telling you is when you come to the house of God, you come, mama and daddy, children, and learn to fear the Lord our God. Amen. Those kids, listen, I am amazed. I'm amazed at the mail I get from kids. They draw my picture while I'm preaching. My tie's way up here. They draw this finger all the time. That one, it won't bend. I hardly ever turn around these days and look at the screen because they'll draw my bald spot. Uh, I, I get remarkable things. They draw that window that's above me. When they don't listen to me, they're watching that glass. That's all right, that glass is full of Jesus. Amen. That's why you ought to have your kids in church. You ought to have them sitting with you. So preacher, they're not listening. You don't know what they're hearing. They're hearing stuff you don't even know they hear. They'll bring it up to you. They bring it up to me. And they'll learn to fear the Lord our God. So we ought to learn to assemble. You ought to join. I give the invitation here in just a moment. You ought to walk down this aisle and say yes to Jesus. You applauded for Dennis. I'm grateful to God for what they do. Wednesday night is teaching scripture to those kids. They learn as they assemble right here. Some of you ought to volunteer down there and help him. Uh, Sunday mornings in the children's ministry. It's a great place to learn. Volunteer as those kids come in. Assemble in these choirs. You know, it takes people to corral this crowd. They have fun. Thank God for the assembly of the people of God as we gather together. And it's in that assembly you learn to fear God. Well, I remember when I was just a boy and the first time it, I got old enough where I didn't have to sit with mother and daddy. You go to the back row and get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, because when... In the Pisgah church, the choir didn't come down. Mother sat in the press box. She may not have heard anything the preacher said. She knew everything that red-headed kid did back there in the back. It took me a while to learn to fear the Lord, but I feared her from the get-go, all right? So you assemble together and you learn. Hallelujah, you learn. And you learn to fear the Lord. Because they'll look up one day and They'll see somebody broken. And they say, what's that? You'll pass that communion tray. And they'll say, what's that? You'll pass the offering plate and you give them something to put in. They'll say, why's that? We learn to fear the Lord together as we assemble God's people. You ought to join this church today. Somebody ought to come join this church today. Be a part. Put your life here. Amen. Miriam Abraham, I want to tell you your story. 
she grew up in the Sudan. Her daddy was Muslim, her mother was a Christian. They divorced and she was raised by her Christian mother. Miriam became a follower of Christ. In the 20s, the 20s of her life, 22 or 3, she met Daniel Wanai, W-A-N-I. He was from the South Sudan. He was a Christian. They fell in love and married. She was pregnant, or became pregnant after they married, I should say. She was reported to Muslim authorities in the Sudan because for a woman who said she was a Christian to be married to someone who was raised, even though Daniel was a believer, he was raised Muslim. She was accused of adultery because she was pregnant. She was arrested, put in prison. The judge brought her to the bench and said, Miriam, if you will just say one sentence, I'll let you go. Just deny Christianity. It's all you have to do. She knew she didn't even have to mean it. She, she had to say it. Miriam Abraham said, I cannot. She was 27. They put her back in the prison. The months went by and it was time for the delivery of the baby and they chained her to a bed while the baby was born. She was there for months to come and appeals were made. There's some great organizations even in America that made appeals for her. And finally through a couple of senators, she was released. It was a great day. She and Daniel gathered their family and moved to America after those horrific years. And when interviewed, they asked her through an interpreter, what do you say after having been through all of that? And she said this sentence, God is good all the time. My God is good. Then they told her of a woman in Iran who was in the same scenario. And they asked Miriam, if you could say anything to your sister in Iran, what would you say? And Miriam Abraham said this, tell her, do not fear, be strong. Take care of your children the Lord will be with you because God is good. God is good. When I read her story months ago that Tony Perkins had written in a book, I wondered what I would do. 
if it came to life or death. You never know. You can say what you do, but you never know until the pressure mounts. There it is. Probably in 2021, no one in this room is going to be arrested for naming the name of Jesus. You'd be ostracized. You could lose a job. You could uh, have a rough patch. Probably, though, no one's going to jail. Maybe, but not yet. But what would we do? You better have a faith that fears the Lord. And understand that God is good. All the time, God is good. I've, I've never faced that. Or oh, a little bit in college. A little rough, but nothing like this. Not even .001 out of a thousand. But our college kids today face it. You take a stand today, you'll you face it. The story of our man out west that refuses to bake certain kinds of cakes, he's faced it. The coach in Colorado that wanted to kneel down to pray, faced it. Hmm. God is good. Learn to build a faith that fears the Lord. It's what we need. It's what the culture needs. It's what your family needs. Oh, my. So Moses says, you will not be afraid. Don't fear. Hmm. Build a faith that fears God alone. For some in this room today, you have a burden you need to lay in this altar. There's some in this room that need to come and be saved today. If Pastor, I'll be a little frightened. Well, don't be frightened. We'll help you. This bunch here is for you. Somebody gets on you, we'll take them outside in the rain and drown them. <laughs> or dunk them under pretty good anyway. You don't fear here. Come give your heart to Christ. Needing a church? Come, be a part. Link your life. Say, Pastor, I'm a little anxious about coming forward. Just reach over and ask the person next, would you go with me? I need some help. They'll go with you. Or if you don't want to come here, go to the next step tables in the foyer. That'd be good, but I'd be glad to greet you right here. Miriam, Abraham, what a story. Hope I never face it. Hope you never face it. But when you come to that crossroad, fear or faith, let's take the faith highway. Let's build a faith that fears only God. Let's build a church that 
fears the Lord. Let's build a family that stands for the cross. Let's be God's people.